Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. reading this morning will be taken from the third chapter of the book of Philippians. The Apostle Paul is speaking as we pick up his conversation at the 12th verse. And he is saying, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brethren, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature be thus minded. And if anything, you are otherwise minded, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brethren, join in imitating me and mark those who so live as you have an example in us. Lord, help us to understand this morning what the Apostle Paul is trying to say to us. You know, it's a wonderful thing to be able to stand up anywhere, any place, but it's a wonderful to be able to stand up and try to speak to you. I was telling someone they were concerned about uh, my leg about standing up this long, cutting circulation off, and told me that I should uh, be seated and sit down and, and try to preach. And I said, well, I said, I can't do it that way. If I'm going to preach, I have to feel that I can do a better job if I stand up to preach. And she said to me, well, preacher, you might as well sit down. I can't tell any difference at all. <laughs> you know, these, uh, these little fellows within the church, too, they are sort of solicitous of, uh, of anyone, and I note that, and, and they are solicitous of my broken leg. Now, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you know, we have a great group of youngsters in here, and they, they're just such a, a cute group. I tell you, I know that group I grew up with. They just wasn't half that cute or that bright. But anyway, come somewhere, I guess, about 11.30, they line up to go to the restroom. And so I was in the office, the door was open, and I could hear the teacher down there getting them ready and asking them how many of them wanted to go to the party to get in line and so forth. And so I was in the study there with the weight of the world, I thought, on my shoulders and thinking about the situation. One little fellow popped into the study there just as big as 60 with his eyes just as shining and a smile all over his face. And he said, uh, he says, Preacher, would you like to go to the party? <laughs> Now, he is trying to be helpful. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, the Lord, the scripture knew what it was saying when he said something about to the extent that we have to have an attitude and sort of, in some ways, exhibit ourselves, present ourselves as a child. Because, you see, that's beautiful. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we as adults were not so inhibited and we would try to be more gracious and more concerned about one another? It would be a beautiful thing, would it not? Well, the Apostle Paul 
lived in a day, I guess it was just as chaotic as ours. I would like to say perhaps it was more chaotic than ours, but I'm not quite sure. But if ever there was a man that should have lost his way within a society, it should have been the Apostle Paul. Now those of you who have been lost uh, physically because of a dark night or this type of thing, I've only been lost momentarily, but it can be a right frightening thing. And to those who become lost and stay lost for days and for weeks, it is a very serious thing. And the interesting thing about it is, as you read about these folk that get lost, they're average people like you and I, and you'll read again and again the very thing that they need in order to sustain them, they will throw away. If it's cold at night, you will read that they have thrown their coat away when they're found. And you'll look at the great number of them that when they're found, they have thrown their shoes away. The very thing that they needed in order to be able to walk, they got tired of and have thrown away. Well, it can be a miserable situation, but you know you don't have to leave home to get lost. There's many ways that we can be lost as a human being. And we can be lost completely and totally, become disorientated and begin to wonder. We can lose all sense of direction. We can lose all sense of our values. Uh, we can wind up and be completely in a muddle in this business of trying to live. I suppose it's common to all of us from time to time we find ourselves to some degree in a situation like this where we have no sense of direction at all. It is a possibility we can be lost and never leave home. Well, now, if you've ever found yourself in a situation like that or even near to it or sense something of the frustration of the hour today, beloved, I would like to call your attention to something that the Apostle Paul said. Now, like I say, if ever a man should have been lost and lost his sense of direction, it should have been the Apostle Paul for the simple reason. Those of you who are familiar with the biblical times, you know the Apostle Paul lived in a time when the political powers of the world was completely chaotic. We were not any more chaotic than they were in their day. Perhaps they had us beat some because of the great upheaval that was going on within the world at that time. The great confusion and the political situation where there was a kingdom breaking up and another one coming into existence. There was a confusion of thought and of philosophies. You know, the Apostle Paul had a great deal of trouble trying to deal with those people who were thought to be quite wise. There were so many different types of philosophies afloat at that time. And of course, it's also true in relation to religion. Well, there's a written for everything. We think about the, those who caused the confusion, the Pharisees and the scribes, and those who hounded the Lord Jesus Christ were one and the same that were after the Apostle Paul. We recognize this man as being one in the due process of his life. He came shipwrecked. He was beaten more than one time. He was stoned and left for dead and yet stood before kings. And wherever we find the Apostle Paul, we find him, as could be said today, in his tree, knowing precisely where he was, what he was, what he was doing, and what it was all about. Now, how did the Apostle Paul do this? What is his formula for life? What would he say to us if we would ask him? Well, we don't ask to ask him because this is exactly what he told the church at Philippi. This is what he was trying to tell the Philippians. If you want to know how I was able to maintain my balance and keep my eye on the target, 
and do what I've done through the years, I'll tell you how it's done. And this is the way he goes about it. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. My friend, I'll tell you, there is no greater recipe for living than that. You take what the Apostle Paul has said here and apply it to your life, and I'll tell you there's no way upon the face of this God-given earth today, and if our society becomes more chaotic, that you'll ever possibly lose your sense of direction. It's an impossibility. This is one thing that will see you through. This one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. Beloved, if you're looking for a jewel and for a pure diamond that has already been cut and honed on life, you have to look no further than what this statement says to us today. Consider it. You see what Paul was really saying? He says, I have a single mind. One thing that I do, not a half a dozen, not five, not three, not two, just one. Just one. And now when it comes down to it where a person will come to the place where they can distill things in their life, come to a place where they can see what they need to put first and what needs to be put first, then they can deal with all the rest of life without any hesitation, without any indecisiveness, and without any drifting. What do we have within our church here that is the one thing that we do? Well, we do many things, but the, basically there's only one thing that we do, and everything is centered around that. Beloved, we are here to nurture the Christian and see that men and women receive the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we are here to be an expression of God's love for this community in which we live. And if you are a saint today or a Christian today and you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, beloved, if you are wise enough to see that it is your responsibility to carry this glorious message to those people you live with in word, but more perfectly in demonstration, it is your responsibility. And then there will be no drifting. There will be no hesitation in this business of discipleship or churchmanship. It doesn't make any difference what we're doing here on this piece of property that's been purchased by those who love the Lord and set aside and dedicated to God. It only leads to one direction and one place and one place alone. And that is we seek to see people saved. And whatever else we're doing around this place that doesn't ultimately lead to this place whether it be playing ball out here or digging a ditch or keeping the property looking neat and trim or whatever it is, let us have one thing in mind. We do this because we love the Lord and we want to express ourselves in its way. And now that leads us to do all kinds of things. And isn't that wonderful? And isn't that beautiful? But we are a single mind. A single mind. Beloved, the only excuse that I have of being in this place this morning is trying to help people understand the Lord Jesus Christ enough to accept Him as their Savior and Lord and to encourage you to help in the process of doing it. Then we can make a decision. Then we don't have to hesitate. Then we can be decisive in what we do. Now, we can't master every field. There's no need of us trying. But we can distill our life in such a way that we know what should be first. And we can channel our life in that direction. I hope within a short period of time that I'll be able to go to a place where there's a large lake. 
Now, in the largest part of that lake, on the bay of that lake, is some five miles wide, I suppose, at least that much. At times you can be there on that lake and you can't tell there's any movement in that water at all. But you can go some 20 miles down that lake where that lake runs through a narrow gorge, only about 10 foot wide. And you can stand there and listen to that water as it comes out of that lake and pounds through that gorge where it is in a narrow channel. And you can't even hear yourself think. And you can't help be impressed by the power of it. Oh, what power flows through that thing? On down the lake, it turns the generators that uh, sends out electricity to that part of the country up there. It has such force. Generating power. Well, we can come to a place in our mind, we can be so broad-minded about everything. You know, one of the things that used to be in vogue here some years ago, that used to drive me nearly out of what little tree I had left, was we're supposed to be broad-minded. Well, there's no power in being broad-minded, you see. It's the upper part of the lake, why, you can look at it and it looks like glass sometimes unless the wind is playing on it. And you can't tell any movement at all, completely still. That's not for us as Christians. We come to the place of where we know who we are and what we are and what we're here for. And we expect the power to flow through us to unlock this world and be able to win it for the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, what will you do about it? We're not double-minded because a double-minded person... The scripture tells us is unstable in all of his ways, and that's a fact. That's a fact. Now you have to make up your mind. Are you going to love the Lord or are you not? Are you going to commit yourself to him and to the Lord Jesus Christ alone? Are you going to try to commit yourself to half a dozen things? Well, beloved, commit yourself even if you try to half a dozen things. You can't because it's a process, a way of living, all right. But you're never going to know what the Apostle Paul is talking about here in relation to to a way to live that can be victorious. This one thing I do, a single mind. Now what did he do? He went about this business of living and says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are past. My, what wisdom. What wisdom. What wisdom. Now, I have had every excuse given to me upon the face of this God-given earth, I think, for a person not taking part within the church, being a churchman, and taking care of the churchmanship and being the Christian that they ought to be. And I've had it all away from people saying that, well, you know, I used to do this and I used to do that years ago. And because of that, I just can't take a part and, and take leadership within the church and be what I would like to be. Well, there's no one here that's had any darker past than the Apostle Paul. This man spent his early years trying to persecute the Christians. He went from town to town, hounding them, putting them in prison, bringing false charges against them, locking them up. And the scripture tell, Paul tells us himself that one day he stood and held the coats of those who stoned to death a Christian man. Consented to it. Well, I doubt whether we have ever drifted that far to do anything, but if you have, let me say to you that the Apostle Paul knew what he was talking about regardless of what the past might be or how shameful it might be is no excuse to keep you from being the type of dynamic, creative, living human being that you ought to be today. And if you're using it as such, you just must know that it's an excuse and you're not really facing the Lord Jesus Christ the way that you ought to. Or take it the other extreme. Come out the same way. How many people will say, well now I think I've done my job within the church and I've served here and served there 
and done this and I've done that. Is it time for me to retire and let somebody else do it? Well, the past again. What a glorious past. It's wonderful to be able to boast of one's achievements. Nothing wrong with that at all. But when we come to the place in our life where we use the past and the greatness of it to stop us from doing what we ought to do today, you better look out, brother, because someone has a hold to you besides the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Corrigan Boone. I saw her on TV the other day. This dynamic, creative Christian woman uh, that is, was the victim of uh, Nazi Germany and spent time in the concentration camp. Is she not some 80-some years of age and still as dynamic as she was in her younger years? Who are we trying to fool? What he did for getting the past, good or bad, Beloved, good or bad, let it be. Forget it. Let's get on with the business of doing what we ought to do. Every one of us can come to the place in our life where we think we have done our job and we can look around and sit in judgment on people. I'll tell you what. Find anyone that you want to that's come to the place where they're retired from the churchmanship and I'll tell you what. Listen to them. They'll sit in judgment on the church every time. They'll sit in judgment on the church every time. Come to the place where they begin to judge. Where they begin to draw conclusions that, that are wrong and spend their time doing nothing and criticizing what little is being done. Wind up dead of heart, dead of soul, and with their life and real question whether or not they're living though they are still alive. What he did, let us forget what is in the past, good or bad. The question is, what are you doing today? This hour, this moment, what do you intend to do for the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, notice the second thing. He had a singleness of mind. He was committed to something and he had a worthy goal. You know, the tragedy of our society today, especially through the years I've been with the young people that I have been a witness to more than, than not, they sell themselves so short. The goal that they set for themselves is so, so low. It has been said that only one person out of a hundred, only one person out of a hundred has a goal that is worthy of their life. Now you think about that for a while. Only one person out of a hundred has set a worthy goal for their life. Beloved, that should cause us to stop and think whether or not we belong to that 99. Or are we that 1% of the hundred? that knows within their heart and their soul what they're after in life, and the goal is worthy of their life. Is it fame? I was talking to a young person here not too long ago that I think has the great ability to be an entertainer. And I questioned him about his ability. And he said, Preacher, he says, I have no desire to go into the entertainment field at all because I do not want to pay the price that I'd have to pay in order to be famous. I do not want it at all. Be no part of it. And I thought to myself, well, here's a young man that knows what he's talking about, knows what he wants, and probably will get along in life very well. Is it fame you're after or fortune? Being after what this world has to give to us. Is this the thing that we're after? Is this the sum total of life to be able to see how much we can gain of this world's goods and lay it up and say this is what we have our name on? And this is what we have control of within this life, at this particular time within our life. What are we after, really? What are we after when we spend our hours from sunup to sundown and into the night? 
What are we after when we go so hard and so fast that we have no time for the other pleasantries of life? What are we after when we're so busy that we have not time to extend ourselves to another human being and friendship the way that we ought to? Are we after comfort? You know, we think of comfort as being something that will lead to peace and will bring to us a better society. If there's ever a fallacy that has been exploded, this one should be. Because you see, we are the most comfortable people today upon the face of the earth that have ever been upon the earth, so far as I know. Right now, this society in which we live, with all the high taxation and the high gas prices, the high car prices and, and high food prices and so forth and so on and so on, we could go, but the fact remains that we are the most comfortable people that have ever been upon the face of this earth. And you see, though we are comfortable, we are nearly out of our mind most of the time. Comfort will not give it to us. You can seek it with all your heart and your soul and you will find that the peace you thought was attached to it will not be there. That's not a worthy goal. Neither fame nor fortune nor being comfortable is worthy goal for your life. Paul said there's only one for him and one alone. Now Paul was a tent maker. But uh, he wasn't uh, bragging about the fact that he was the best tent maker. In all probability he was. But the one thing that he said that, that was his high goal was to fulfill his calling in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's it. That's it. To fulfill my calling in the Lord Jesus Christ. I might make a living some other way. And I might do many other things, just like this church might do many other things. But one thing and one thing alone, to fulfill the call of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, when we come to the place of where we can cut through all the layers of life and be able to see the one thing that above everything that we must have at the basic part of our soul is the Lord Jesus Christ. You're in a position to really to do something then, to fulfill the call of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Have a single mind. You can't do it with a half a dozen different things viewing for the same time that you give to this situation and forgetting those things that inhibit you and keeping you from being what you ought to be today. Anything that is around your neck that weighs heavily upon you in your past life regardless of what it is, regardless of what it is, needs to go. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ came in order that you might be completely free today. There should be no Christian at this hour should have any guilt within their heart and their soul what happened yesterday. That was yesterday. It's gone forever. Let nothing within the past, good or bad, inhibit us from being the people of God this day. Beloved, whatever guilt you may have in your life from the past, you walk out of here this morning if you have said to the Lord Jesus Christ, I belong to you and you belong to me, I surrender to you. Now you get up and go on your way. Because this is the first day of the rest of your life to do whatever needs to be done for the society in which you live and for your own personal life. And then this worthy goal, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ alone. It is no wonder that the Apostle Paul was able to say to a young man a little later on, he said to him at the close of his days, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. And I know that there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Well, that's another way of saying that I have 
I have done it. I've been able to do it. And this is the way that I've been able to do it, as he told the Philippians. And I know that there is a welcome for me waiting with the Lord Jesus Christ. And beloved, I want to say to you this morning, there's no rhyme or reason upon the face of this earth that this can't be something that each one of us can say at this hour within our life. It's within the realm of real possibilities for you and for me. May it be so with each of us. Our Father God in heaven, then we pray our Father this day that I would help us, each one of us, to rejoice in the fact that we belong to thee and have thee as our Savior and our Lord. For we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of his words, finishing the work he started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.